Titan was like most planets. Too many mouths, not enough to go around, and when we faced extinction, I offered a solution. Genocide? Throughout history, whenever great injustices existed, youth movements have risen up to combat and end those injustices. You have organizations out there like the Center for Bioethical Reform. The Center for Bioethical Reform. Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. Organizations like the Center for Bioethical Reform to receive public funds when they then use to attack a woman's right to choose. Abortion kills all kinds of people, so then all kinds of people can join the pro-life movement to save these babies. I was talking to a young man on the streets of Toronto. I spoke with a woman named Lucy about abortion. Today we are doing choice chain in downtown Regina. By the end of the conversation, she was completely pro-life. He then walked away 100% pro-life. Completely pro-life. We should remember that each of those babies that die every day in Canada not only have the right to life that's being violated, they also have the right to our defense. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys. You might be wondering what was with that introduction. Well, let me share with you. Uh, that is a conversation that uh, fictional supervillain Thanos had with uh, one of my favorites, Doctor Strange. I can't remember what, uh, what movie it was in, uh, but they had this conversation. If you haven't watched uh, the Avengers series uh, or any of the movies within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, this is where this is from, so I'll explain it a little bit. Thanos was really a genocidal warlord from this place called Titan, uh, and his main objective was to bring stability to the universe, so that sounds like a really good thing. Um, and he was doing this because he believed that the universe's massive population would inevitably use up the universe's entire supply of resources um, and, and really condemn um, the entire place. So his goal... Uh, was, as Dr. Strange responded in my opening statement, genocide. His goal um, and what he was aiming to do was to destroy half of the population in the entire universe. He saw overpopulation as a huge problem, and instead of having everyone in the universe living subpar lives, uh, he wanted to allow half of the people in the universe to live their best lives now uh, while the other half died. Well, that's, the, that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit is overpopulation, uh, something that we hear in conversation from time to time when we go in the streets. How do we have a conversation about abortion, uh, a, a meaningful one, a winsome one, an effective conversation when someone uses the, um, you know, the, the idea that the world is overpopulating as a means um, to which abortion is justified? So like I said, we are the Pro-Life Guys. My name is Peter, the host of the show, and I am joined by Cameron Cote, the wonderful co-host whom we have all grown to, I uh, got to know and love over the, the course of these first nine episodes. Welcome back, Cam. Thanks, Peter. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the people are growing to love you just as much. I hope that there was a mutual brotherly love between you and I before we started this podcast, but it is good to be back. I'm fired up. This is a an interesting episode. I, as much as we don't have very many people who are big purple monsters roaming around Earth trying to kill half the world's population, this is something that comes up in conversations that I've had time and again about overpopulation. In some ways, it ties to the the conversation we had last week about poverty. I'll have people bring up these ideas of 
you know, we already have too many people on this planet. We have so many people starving in third world countries, that kind of thing. Rapid expansion in third world countries, even some non-third world countries like India and and Bangladesh and countries in uh, mainland Asia, that kind of thing. This suggestion that the poverty that they're enduring is directly related to an overpopulation bomb, as it were, and that the only solution is to somehow legalize and open the doors to abortion. Um, and, and so I figured, yeah, it's probably a good topic for us to talk about on this episode, address it in correlation with last week where we talked about poverty and, and really, um, help walk through this issue, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. One of the things that got me chuckling from last time was we mentioned that, uh, last episode was going to be a little bit shorter, uh, than previous (laughs) ones. Uh, previous ones were about an hour long and we were hoping for perhaps 30, 40 minutes, you know, something short and sweet. Uh, we, we must have the gift of gab cam because that certainly didn't happen, but, uh, we are uh, committing, um, no promises at this point, uh, early on in the episode, but we're going to try to do a little bit of a <laughs> shorter episode. Um, we're, we're not doing, we're not going to call this a series. Um, you know, does poverty justify abortion or does overpopulation justify abortion? Uh, but we want them to be extremely accessible resources for you to use that you can come back to time and time again, uh, that you can learn from. And that you can take away uh, a lot of practical tips for the conversations that you're going to have, whether it be on the streets, whether it be within your family, maybe at Christmas dinner. I don't know uh, if you have these deep, uh, controversial conversations uh, over family dinners. I don't know. But wherever you might be having these conversations, we want to equip you to have the best conversation. Uh, Not just any conversation will do, but we want to... Uh, both reach the hearts and the minds of the people that we're talking to. So that's the goal. And and, and just like last time, uh, we're going to have a bit of a structure here. We're going to set the stage for some of the, the big proponents uh, or the, the ones who have yeah, been pushing forward the narrative that the world is overpopulating a little bit and then talk about how we respond to these claims on the streets and uh, and how we go forward from there. So Cam, let's uh, let's set this stage for this overpopulation conversation. Yeah, so so this overpopulation notion, I'm, I'm sure that it was in conversation, at least locally, for a, a super long time. But, it, but in a lot of ways, this kind of came up, first of all, I was doing a little bit of research on this, and, and I guess Thomas Malthus, um, this English philosopher kind of guy, 1798, suggested that because food production, while linear growth of food production is a thing, exponential growth of the human population was a thing. The way that families were large families, growing numbers of people in Britain, and I'm sure around the world as well. So Thomas Malthus projected that by 1890, the world would be overpopulated to the point of mass starvation and the collapse of society. And and this was kind of referred to as Malthusian ethics or Malthusian overpopulation. When I first heard of this, I totally thought that it was in reference to Methuselah in the Bible and that this notion of like, if we went back to living for 960 odd years, then the world would overpopulate and go awry. But that obviously wasn't the case. They're talking about Thomas Malthus, not uh, Methuselah. Um, But obviously 1890 rolled around and there wasn't mass starvation. And so people kind of just forgot about Thomas Malthus. And then after that, um, Paul Ehrlich comes up in the the 1960s or so. And in 1968, he published a book called The Population Bomb. 
This book became a, a bestseller. It really shook a ton of people to the core with this notion, similar to Malthus, that by 1980, overpopulation would be so drastic that there would be, again, um, tremendous strain on resources, global collapse, rioting, and famine worldwide in not just developing countries, but developed countries around the world that we would basically um, destroy ourselves by the year 1980. And a lot of people took this to heart. A lot of people were terrified by this, but obviously here we are um, 40 years later, um, still not um, overpopulated. And this has become, like I said at the beginning, something that people will bring up in choice chain conversations, conversations that we have on street corners and on doorsteps. They never actually quote Paul Ehrlich because very few people actually dig into that kind of history, for better or for worse. And so um, they're simply parroting that, that ideology, though, that with too many people, with the fact that there are people living less than their best life, as it were. The quality of life isn't universally awesome around the globe. Therefore, it's because there's too many people taking up the resources. Therefore, we need to find a way to limit the number of people on the planet. This is kind of how it goes. That's kind of the background of the overpopulation um, in both the, the academics kind of area and a little bit about how it comes up in conversation. And... Peter, throw it back to you, actually. So you know a guy, uh, we both know a guy, but you know him better than I do, who kind of referenced that that early supervillain Thanos um, in how to very quickly, um, without having a, a full in-depth Joyce Chain conversation, really address this issue of, of abortion, right? Yeah, that's right. And it wasn't a Joyce Chain conversation. It was actually a conversation that he was having in his class at school. Uh, I don't know how the, the topic of abortion came up, whether he was just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a student or whether uh, the conversation came up like actually within the class, the professor was talking about it. But this guy's name is Craig. Uh, this, this is our friend, uh, Craig's, Craig. Craig's a champ. Oh, man. He is. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we have listeners all over, but if you ever come to Canada, track down Craig. Uh, <laughs> Craig Van Manen by name. And uh, no, a great, great guy. Um, a good advocate for the preborn. Anyway, this is how the conversation went. The student said, abortion is a necessary tool to avoid overpopulation and the suffering that can come with it. So basically, like right on what we're talking about today, uh, that we need ab abortion to avoid overpopulation and the suffering that uh, can possibly come with overpopulation. And, and Craig responded, and, and just to, to, to put this in perspective, this was around the time when Infinity War came out and everyone was watching it, almost everyone, some people weren't. Um, for my for myself, I uh, I actually didn't get into MCU uh, into a Marvel Cinematic Universe until like just recently when this whole hype came about Endgame, and then I watched all of them so that I could understand the context of Endgame, and I thought it was great, and and I missed out, although I wasn't super sad I missed out. Anyway, what Craig responded at this point was, "Have you watched the latest Avengers film?" And this got the student really thinking because in that Avengers film, uh, this super villain Thanos was. What he wanted to do, like I mentioned earlier, was kill half of the universe, um, you know, an innocent universe. They, they hadn't, these are people, you know, they weren't at war or anything like that, just wanted to kill half the universe so that he could minimize potential suffering, potential that we think may or may not happen in the future. 
And that's what changes students' mind, just have, having an understanding that, you know, he's watching this movie, he's against the supervillain Thanos, and then he recognizes that in his real life he's using the same philosophy that Thanos is using uh, to justify abortion. And he, he was uh, appalled by that and, uh, and couldn't, you know, c- couldn't... Uh, couldn't justify having both of those positions, and that helped him have a, a really good understanding that that was not a good justification for abortion. So yeah, really, really fascinating. I, I haven't used that example of Thanos, um, but Craig used it, and it worked really, really well for him. So I always love hearing that story when he when he would share it. For sure, and and that's one of the things. So I I love hearing how different pro-lifers respond to the same um, objections or the same circumstances, right? That I, I feel like that's really important for us as pro-lifers to keep sharp, to make sure that we're actually doing the best thing that we possibly can, right? Yeah, that's that's right on. I, I know uh, you, you know this as well as I and all of our colleagues here at the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform. What we want to continually do is refine our apologetics, refine our strategy so that we can have the best conversations when we're on the streets. We can have the most effective conversations when we're on the streets. So, yeah, that's one of the things that we really want to do is learn from others in the movement. There are people uh, in, in all, over, all over the world who are fighting abortion in their context and they're using different tactics uh, in, in some in some places, and we want to learn how they do things and see if we can use that here. So, But you were looking around, Cam, about how people respond to this, how pro-lifers respond to the justification of overpopulation. What were some of the things that you found as you were looking to see um, what some of these other pro-life heroes, these other... These others who work in the pro-life movement had to say. Yeah, so so like I said, as soon as we decided that we were going to do this overpopulation episode, I, I did a quick search just to see what what other people were saying. And and I, I checked out on YouTube because I I like having the, the kind of video component at times. We are hoping, eventually, uh, spoiler alert, uh, we are hoping to be doing a video component to this podcast as well. Um, but when I, when I searched abortion and overpopulation, I, I got a couple of answers that came up. And... In some ways, I liked some of the answers that came out. In some ways, I thought that that there was a better way to go about it. And so I'm, I'm not going to critique these different answers because I want to throw shade at other pro-lifers in the movement. I'm not doing this because um, I think they're, they're bad advocates or anything like that. This isn't throwing barbs at people and trying to start a, a civil war internally or anything like that. Um, it, it's more a matter of if if you're using these as training tools then then maybe there's a, a simpler route to go about it. And, and I want to give an example. So the first one that came up when I was searching overpopulation and abortion was one done by Catholic Answers. Um, host Patrick Coffin um, and Dr. George Delgado tried to answer the question of how do we respond when it comes to overpopulation. And generally speaking, I think that they often do a good job of trying to navigate navigate um, circumstances that they have come up on their their live call-in show. For this one, though, I felt like they kind of fell into one of the traps that pro-lifers often fall into is refuting or resolving. Refuting, what I mean by that is that we fall into the trap of trying to delegitimize the argument. And an age old, not age old, an adage that, that I've certainly tried to convey to a lot of the volunteers and interns that I've worked with is how does an abortion advocate win a conversation about abortion? They don't talk about abortion. That's how you win a conversation mm. about abortion. You don't talk about abortion. If you can distract the pro-lifer from getting towards the humanity of the preborn, if you can distract them from how this is age-based discrimination, 
and ultimately leave the conversation unresolved, then you've effectively won. And so I feel like what what Patrick Coffin and, and George Delgado did were they tried to respond to the issue of overpopulation, which is tempting, right? Especially for us living in Canada. I live in Alberta. It is so tempting when people say to me like, oh, there's overpopulation. I'm like, dude, we live in Alberta. Have you ever seen this place? Like the vast majority of this land has nobody living on it. Like you can fit the entire population of the globe in Alberta. And I, I think everyone could have a backyard sort of thing. And so they had a good answer, but I felt like they could have gotten drawn down a rabbit hole that you get into a 15 minute conversation about whether or not overpopulation is legit. And then the person, the, the street light turns at the, the street corner display that you're doing, or the person gets a phone call when you're door knocking their house and the conversation's over and you haven't actually made any progress on the abortion issue whatsoever. You've only talked about um, overpopulation. Trent Horn, a great um, pro-life hero of mine. He's got a great book called Persuasively Pro-Life. Um, I, again, I, I absolutely love his content the vast majority of the time. He had, he had a better route. He didn't necessarily try to refute or resolve the overpopulation, but I think that he brought in a slightly overcomplicated route of suggesting, okay, if overpopulation is a thing and so you legalize abortion, and you still have too many people in the world, what do you do? Do you force abortions? And, and that's obviously one route that you can go. Um, at CCBR, we generally try to go a different route. We, we try to trot out the toddler. And so instead of putting an imposition on action, putting a, okay, you voluntarily allow people to abort their preborn children. What about voluntarily allowing them to kill their born children? Um, and so Trent Horn, I think he, he does a good job. But again, I think that he might overcomplicate things by bringing in that compulsion component that, I mean, the forced abortions like we're seeing in some countries around the world um, has a whole different kettle of fish that goes along with it. And so, again, I, I think that it's strong and good, but, but maybe not quite as simple as it could be. And the last one that I looked at was by the Daily Wire um, team with Ben Shapiro. I think they did a, a really good job simplifying it that literally some guy asked them while they're at a, a live kind of panel discussion, what about overpopulation? And it was a very concise, very direct answer of, so we just kill people? We, we, we just solve this problem by killing a bunch of innocent people? And they, they did a great job of keeping it simple. Um, they may be a little bit more direct than you can afford to be in a, a choice team conversation where you're hoping to win over the person and not just win the argument. But I think that they did a great job of keeping things direct. And then, so that's kind of the background that I, I found on this. But we're going to dive into what our experience has been and, and kind of the CCBR, the pro-life guys approach. What, what are we going to do? What are we going to build in from these other examples? What are we going to do a little bit differently? And so, um, Peter, I think you mentioned that, that this doesn't come up a ton in your conversations, right? That this is something that, that might get brought up very, very sporadically, but not, not super often, right? Yeah, that that's my experience. Um, I, I know other people in the organization have that conversation a little bit more. Um, and certainly when it when it cycles through the news, um, you know, that conversation happens at high schools in various places. But for myself personally, um, when we're doing choice chain or other conversations, that's typically not the main um, the, the main objection that's brought up, although there is, um, you know, a, a bit of an overlap between overpopulation and suffering. Um, I know we we had talked about this a little bit before. 
um, that if overpopulation comes up for me, it's it's about the fact of um, it's a, it's surrounded by you know, but these people are going to suffer. And so for me, a question that always comes up is, well, should we end the life of someone who is suffering? Like, should we go through the slums of various cities and uh, perhaps even the really nice neighborhoods where people are suffering from uh, various things? And uh, and should we just, you know, are you suffering? Yes. Well, I have a perfect solution. Um, call me Thanos uh, for your suffering. Um, or are you going to suffer in the future? Yes, I have a perfect solution. And that's going to be ending your life. I, I spent a little bit of time years ago at a, an, an orphanage um, in a southern country in Haiti. And um, I, I often bring that up to people like the, these are human beings that are there. These are young children that are there. Uh, they're there for no purpose of their own. It's because of uh, circumstances that happen outside of their control. And according to our standards, they could very possibly be suffering. And so um, wouldn't, you know, would we suggest that, you know, since they're suffering now uh, by our standards and since we are concerned about overpopulation and we want to make sure that uh, the resources aren't going to people, uh, you know, that the resources aren't spread too thin, should we just end their lives instead? And that's something that people find uh, extremely appalling uh, when, when you <laughs> suggest it to them, which is great. I'm glad I'm glad people still find that appalling. Um, w- one thing I want to mention, Cam, uh, maybe it's good for us to remember. We mentioned, you know, choice chain. Um, I don't know if all of our listeners know exactly what Choice Chain is, uh, so let me just highlight uh, what Choice Chain is. As I mentioned earlier, we work for the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform. We are an educational pro-life group. We go on the streets, we have conversations, and one of the projects that we do is called Choice Chain, uh, where we have a sign, it's a choroplast sign that's three feet by four feet, depicting an image of a preborn children, either uh, an ultrasound image uh, of a living preborn child or uh, victim photography, uh, a preborn child who has lost their life to abortion. And so we show that to the public and we use that as we get into conversations. So as we, as we talk about how we respond, that's the big part of this show. We want to equip you with apologetics that you can use on the streets. Yeah. Cam, you, you have something to say before we, we dive into that. Yeah. Just, just one last thing before we get into like our, our clear cut, simplest, most effective kind of route. One thing. So, so you mentioned how sometimes you'll bring up your experience with the, the orphanage in Haiti. Sometimes if I've built a really good rapport with the person, I'm, I'm talking to somebody maybe at a university and they've got like an hour break. And I know that I'm not worried about the amount of time that um, I have to convey this pro-life worldview. An interesting thing that I, I sometimes do is, um, similar to Trent Horn kind of, and similar to what you had said of kind of concede or in theoretically concede the point. Okay, sure. Let's say that the world is overpopulated. And I I play an interesting thought experiment with them of, okay, wouldn't it make sense if, if we had to kill somebody, if, if, if you've made the, the decision that there are too many people in the world and we have to kill somebody, wouldn't it make the most sense to kill the people who consumed the most resources and produced the least resources, right? And that, that like killing somebody who doesn't really eat anything and doesn't really produce anything doesn't really achieve much. If, if you were to kill one person who consumes a ton, but doesn't produce anything, then maybe three or four people could live in their stead, right? And, and the, the university student sometimes nods along with this idea. And I say, okay, well, no offense, but how much is the average university student producing for society? Ooh. Especially in first world countries, we, I mean, these are, these are people who are consuming a tremendous amount of our resources. And at the moment, they're not really producing anything. 
And so wouldn't it make logical sense if this is only about the socioeconomics of overpopulation, wouldn't it make sense to start at universities and then go to unemployment um, places, people that are are capable there. They're consuming a lot. They're not, I mean, you, you think of the people, Peter, at, at the orphanage, I'm sure that they weren't consuming above average amounts of anything. Um, oh, certainly of, not. Because of the situation. And so like, wouldn't we go after the people that were consuming the most? What about people who retire early? What, what about like billionaires who don't have to work anymore and, they, and they're not producing anything anymore? Wouldn't that make sense to kill them from simply a socioeconomic perspective and that really gets them quaking in their shoes because oh man if if anyone's got to go it's going to be them um again i don't think that's the the most clear-cut route but i find it an interesting one to cause people pause instead of trotting out the toddler you trot on another human being that they can relate to maybe maybe not directly attack them of i think you should die if anyone's got to die sort of thing but like that that notion of if the problem is not enough resources, too many mouths, why not eliminate the people who are consuming the most, producing the least, have the greatest negative net impact on society in this moment here and now? Because if they, if they try to argue, well, I'm going to be producing a whole lot more. Okay, well, can't you make that same argument for a preborn child? You're just going to be doing it quicker than somebody else. And so how much time are we going to let somebody study um, I mean, I, I got friends who are still in university. I, I graduated university almost eight years ago, and I got people who are doing their like third postdoc because they just love academia so much. We're, we're not going to say to artists or or musicians like, hey, you know, we, we got enough good music out here. We don't need musicians anymore. You're eating too much. We're going to kill you. Like, no, that'd be absurd, right? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Okay, so let, let's tie this up. Like we we even incorporated a number of uh, different ap apologetics uh, styles that we use and some of the analogies and things, but let's tie it all together. Uh, what we want to do in our, our conversations is focus on the humanity of the preborn. And so as we've mentioned before, uh, phenomenal way to do it. If you have a better way, we'd love to hear it because like I said, we're always trying to refine our apologetics, but it's using the strategy of finding common ground, using an analogy, and uh, asking a question that ties it together in conversation. So Cam, when we're on the streets or we're in the barber's chair or we are on the bus or driving an Uber or, or a passenger in an Uber or wherever else we might be, perhaps we're with our spouse. or anything, like, like anything <laughs> yeah. where, where there could be a second person, I guess, right? <laughs> that, that's right, wherever one might have a conversation and, and someone brings up overpopulation as justification, how would you walk through the strategy of common ground, analogy in question, to get them to focus on who the preborn are and, and, and what abortion does to them. How, how would you do that? How would you walk through that? Yeah, so for common ground, I'm going to avoid the bait of challenging whether or not overpopulation is a thing. And I'm going to find common ground by saying, yeah, you and I can agree that it is absolutely terrible when there's an insufficient amount of food and resources and support and care material and otherwise for people like you and I. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to debate anything on whether or not, what about overcomplicated stuff. No, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Is that similar to what you do? Yeah, very similar. And I just want to highlight that, you know, we might be talking to people who have very, 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 very different views than us, a very different worldview philosophies and everything. Um, but we can find common ground with pretty much everyone. And, and Cam, you mentioned it. 
Um, you know, we we're both responding to overpopulation or perceived idea of overpopulation, something that we, you know, we don't really focus on in the conversations, but we're both responding to the idea of overpopulation and trying to find a solution, right? And so just recognizing that, that we both recognize that people living in difficult circumstances, like, um, you know, because of overpopulation, uh, because they're not getting enough resources uh, to provide for them and their family, that's something we can agree on. And so just mentioning that at the outset to show your humanity and that you, you know, you agree with them. Uh, you know, we need to find a solution for some of these problems that we face in the world. And uh, we agree we're on the same page. Not every part of our conversation has to be, you know, a, a verbal fist fight. Mm -hmm. Totally. And and so moving from that common ground, obviously, we're going to try to go into an analogy. And, and analogies, as we always say, are a convenient way to bring up a principle with people that are easier to connect with, right? People have a hard time connecting with preborn children. That's why they think abortion is okay to solve particular problems. And so I'm going to try it on the toddler. And I'm going to ask, imagine that even with legal abortion, there's still too many people. Would we ever suggest killing born humans so that we got our population under control? I'm not going to go the route of Trent Horn and and put in the forced abortion. I'm not even going to go the route of identifying who those born humans are because you might get some kind of messed up people who say, oh, well, sure, I'll, I'll kill disabled people or sure, I'll kill the elderly through euthanasia, assisted suicide, that kind of thing. No, I'm going to leave it as simple as imagine that abortion isn't enough. Would we be willing to intentionally kill born humans to get our population under control? And then from there, it's just a pivot question back to the human rights argument, that question, if we're not willing to kill born humans to get our population under control to solve that problem, why are we willing to kill pre-born humans to solve that problem? Naturally, they're going to they're gonna suggest something that, well, they're, they're not humans or they're not alive or they're not people or anything like that. And then we're going to dive back into that content from, from episode two, back into that human rights argument of, okay, well... Could we at least agree that all humans should get human rights? If they are humans, they should get human rights. We can't kill them. I do it a little bit differently, I think, than you do, Peter. My second question is always, if something is growing, even from one cell to two cell to four cell, don't we know that they must be alive? Okay, and if, if we have a living organism from the moment of fertilization, and that living organism has human parents, wouldn't he or she be a living human as well? Yeah. So we have a living human organism from the moment of fertilization. Didn't we just say that all humans should get human rights and we can't kill humans to solve problems? Doesn't that make abortion a human rights violation? And, and that's the, the quick and dirty of it. That's how I would go about common ground analogy question into the human rights argument to keep this as simple as possible, to not go down that rabbit trail of is overpopulation really a thing? Is it not? They want to distract you, whether intentionally or otherwise. Again, I can't emphasize enough. That's how they win. Abortion advocates win by not talking about abortion. If we can keep the topic focused on abortion, focused on the humanity of the preborn, we will change minds and we will save lives. Yeah, that's huge. We really don't want to have a, a muddied conversation, you know, an hour long muddied conversation where we don't really talk about abortion, but every single other circumstance I, I like that, though. I was just thinking about common ground analogy question. And one of the things we talk about here is uh, that this strategy is a bridge to get from talking about the circumstances to talking about the humanity of the preborn. And that doesn't mean, Cam, I, you would agree with this as well, that the circumstances are unimportant, that the lived reality uh, of so many people, the experiences that they have are unimportant. 
Um, But when we're talking about abortion, we really need to ask that fundamental question of who are the preborn? What are the preborn? And when does human life begin? And so that's how we use use common ground analogy question to get to the heart of the conversation. And from there, we can go to say, now that we know that the preborn are human, should we be allowed to end their life in these particular circumstances? Exactly. I mean, it it sets the entire paradigm, right? Because if they're not humans then we don't need to go through all the work of reforming the, the food chain line so that we're getting better food and resources to these different places. If, if abortion doesn't kill humans, then we have a really quick and easy solution to a ton of problems, sure. That's why we need to demonstrate that abortion is a human rights violation, because until we do that, why would we do a more complicated solution? Why would we bother with sophisticated and complicated um, government agencies or private endeavors that alleviate the suffering of ongoing situations when we could just kill people? That's why it's absolutely essential that we build that initially. And then we go back to, okay, now that we have the paradigm set, now that we have the framework that abortion is not an option, it's not a fallback. It's not a, oh, well, we tried to do this but we failed. And so I guess we always have abortion to fall back on. No, once we put abortion off the table, then we know we absolutely have to go all in on these other solutions. We desperately need to alleviate the suffering in our world, but now we know what kind of ground rules we have to play with, that abortion simply isn't an option. We can't have this in the back of our mind of, you know what, plan A failed, plan B means we kill a whole bunch of preborn humans. Um, no, that, that's not plan B anymore. That That's not on the table. Yeah, that's right. Well, that is how we respond to the justification of overpopulation on the streets. The more we do these episodes, the more you're going to hear us talk about a very similar strategy for every single justification. We're going to bring it up anyway. Uh, we use a whole bunch of different analogies. Cam uses different analogies for me, and, and we use different analogies from people within the rest of the organization and the movement here that we work with. Um, but all these analogies and these the way that we have these conversations uh, are so we can talk about who the preborn are and what abortion does to them. This, as you can tell, was a significantly shorter episode oh, than the man, one before. We've done it. We've done it. We have. <laughs> I, I see 34 minutes on my uh, on my device here. So let us know. We'd love to hear. Is this what you want? Are these episodes helpful? The shorter episodes, a little bit more accessible and all of that. Uh, hit us up. You can find us on Instagram at ProLifeGuys, on Facebook, the ProLifeGuys podcast, or you can check out our website at ProLifeGuys.com. Or you can do uh, the best thing, which is find us on your podcast catcher and comment there. Do subscribe, do share our episodes and our podcast with your friends, with your family, get the news and the word out there. We hope to have uh, we have so many ideas for for this for this podcast uh, as time goes on. Uh, not only these uh, these apologetic sessions, but a lot more conversations and interviews with other leaders in the movement, um, and just trying to get a, a really good foundation, give you a good foundation for um, a good, solid pro life philosophical position. Uh, and one that you can easily and effectively communicate to others around you. So, Cam, you, uh, you're part of a crash course that's coming up. Am I right? I sure am. The Winnipeg Crash Course is going October 2nd and 3rd. As I'm sure you can assume, it is in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, we'll throw a link into the description on where you can register. 
Check it out. I will be one of the keynote speakers there sharing more in depth as to how you can change minds and save lives. I'm excited to be partnering with my buddy Kyle, my buddy Maddie, all others who are involved in the Manitoba Initiative, one of our offices out in Winnipeg, Manitoba. They're wonderful people. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of safety precautions to make sure that everyone's safe and healthy and all that kind of stuff. And so if you've got concerns on that, you can certainly be confident that we're going to be taking a lot of safety precautions out there. And um, yeah, check it out. October 2nd and 3rd, we'll throw the link in there. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. And and like Peter said, if if you want to send us something that you've had a hard time um, navigating in conversation, please do. Like if these are helpful, then great. But we'd also love to hear if there are other circumstances that you really want to have dealt with. We've got a long list of them that we plan to work through. But if if we've got it scheduled for like number 11, that's not going to air until like next year sometime. And, and this is something that, that has been coming up time and again for you in conversation. You really want to have it um, discussed on, on the episode, please let us know. We'd love to hit one of the, the most important topics for you because this is all about you. Yeah, that, that's what I've got. We are, we're still growing. I, I'm excited to look forward to swag, but like Peter said, we, we need some more growth. We need some more shares on this. We are edging our way closer and closer towards 500 subscribers. We want to hit 500 before we start pumping out swag. I'm excited for it. I hope that you can get excited as well, whether it's coffee mugs or t-shirts or beard oil or whatever it is. Uh, we want people to grow into this community and we don't have any groups that are sponsoring this episode right now. And so I, if you want to sponsor this episode, if you and your business want to sponsor a future episode, hit us up because we always want to find ways to get more and more groups involved. We want to find ways to advertise for your pro-life business or your business that's simply made up of pro-life people or whatever it is. Um, I, I would love to have, whether it's like a bagel factory or, um, I don't know, suits and ties or could be anything. I mean, if, if you're pro-life and you want to get pro-life people checking out your, your stuff, then hit us up and we'll find a way to, to do some advertising for you. Yes. Absolutely. I was just thinking about the the swag and the merch that you mentioned. Nick Rosendahl, the president of CCBR, and I were just having a conversation earlier about how cool it would be. We've mentioned this before. I don't know why the bobblehead thing just keeps coming back, but <laughs> how cool a, a bobblehead of the pro-life guys would be to sit on your dash or on our desk or something like that. You just flick it once and it goes all day and it's just hilarious. Anyway, um, we, we'd like to have bobbleheads at some point, but yeah, as Cam mentioned, um, it, more merch will come as, uh, as we get more followers and listeners to make it worth it for everyone. So, um, do share this around with your friends and family. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. Uh, you can check us out and connect with us, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook and on our website, prolifeguys.com. Thank you so much for joining. As we mention every single time, we are passionate about ending the killing of preborn children in Canada. And we want to do everything we can on this podcast to equip you to change minds and save lives from abortion. Uh, we hope we're doing that. We'd love to hear back uh, for, from you uh, with some good feedback on how we can do it even better. So thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will be back next week, Tuesday. Take care, everyone.